As I'm closing in on the last segment of my seventh decade, that means I'm in my 60s, right? (laughs) I've been aware that my sense of time has shifted. Initially, I thought it was just a momentary emotional blip of acknowledgement that time was rushing forward that I was way beyond the halfway point, more like uh, a little bit beyond the two-thirds marker. That's a reasonable best-case scenario. Some years ago, my then 85-year-old father told me that retiring at the age of 62 was the worst decision he ever made. Now he's 97. So he's now been retired nearly as many years as he worked. His comment came at the end of a routine check-in conversation that we have. I'm thinking he wanted to impart this bit of wisdom to me while I still could do something about it. He had been considering how his work life seemed focused on the day he could retire the sooner the better, as though retirement was the goal of his career. Well, a lot of this thinking has changed within our culture over the last decades, and I certainly never developed the idea that golf was my destiny. Which reminds me of another small but pithy comment my father made some months after he told me about the fallacy of his retirement decision. I was visiting my folks, in their Florida condominium. Awakening early in the morning, I got a cup of coffee and stepped out onto the lanai. And in a short while, my father emerged dressed in golf attire and in a quiet, wistful and earnest manner then said, you know, Steve, there's something wrong when you wake up and you think to yourself, I've got to go play golf today. And I took his meaning that golf had become the obligation, his duty, his work, as it were. Don't get me wrong, my father has had a long run of now 97 years, and most of those years were reasonably fulfilling for him. I remember another time when he was about 60 on the occasion of his last parent's death. I asked him what he was feeling. His response went something like this. Well, what I've been thinking about is that I'm next in line. Meaning there was no buffer, no elders to mask the inevitable march of time for him. I have a very vivid memory from a moment at a high school graduation party when I was all of 17 years old. I'd stepped outside for a break from beer and boasting to fasten onto my own thoughts. It was a warm, clear night in late June, and the Milky Way was especially resplendent, stretching out in all of its glory. As I looked up into the darkness, 
all of a sudden I had an overwhelming sense of the span of years that lay ahead of me. I, I gasped when it hit me. That sensibility of time, its pregnancy, its immediacy and potency, then says the sensation was thrilling and awesome and mysterious. I would tell you that it's the first big spiritual event in my life. I was blown away. And for a long while, I just sat there wondering and marveling, and eventually I said to myself, Steve, remember this night. And so I have. I've often returned to it as I've considered the path I've tracked. The memory has been a wonderful gift to me. And here's the thing. Though it's now 50 years later, that sense of awe and wonder and mystery still, still lingers. Not in quite the same rawness, but it's there. You know, I've learned a thing or two, of course, like all of us, through peaks and valleys of experience, but what's emerged is a deeper sense of gratitude for each day, as well as recognition that so much of what comes down the pike, both good and bad, could not have been predicted. At 17, in the backyard of a friend's house in a suburb of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I certainly had absolutely no inkling of what I'd be up to at the age of 67, that New York City would have been the place I'd spend most of my adult years, and in this get-up, no less. This was a big surprise for everybody. I'm guessing that most of you could report something similar, age-dependent. If you're, if you're in your 20s, maybe you've had the itch for New York since your teens, or maybe landing here was an accident. If you're over 60, well, you have your, your story to tell, and a unique sensibility about the meaning of time in the unfolding drama of your life. In the reading from, from Romans, Paul said, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. The night is far gone, the day is near. The question haunts young and old alike. Do you know what time it is? Or maybe ask this way, just what time is it anyway? Time's a funny thing. We often find ourselves saying we don't have enough of it, whatever that means. We complain about wasting time, or worse, other people wasting our time. Most people, I think, want to control the outcome of time's advance. A few things are somewhat in our control, of course, but a whole lot of stuff lies outside of our control. I consider my options at the age of 67, situating my decisions in a lifespan of maybe 90 years, maybe, maybe not. We play the actuarial tables and plot our finances along a timeline model, 
Few people will actually follow the model crafted for themselves exactly. Most of us will contend with health or financial reversals or sometimes, or sometimes surprising good fortune. My good friend Thomas Lane Butts spoke here in 2010 on the occasion of the 50th anniversary of the publishing of To Kill a Mockingbird. Tom was a close friend of the author, Harper Lee. Tom endured cross burnings and life-threatening situations in Jim Crow, Alabama. At the age of 17, he likely would not have sensed those events in his future, I'm thinking. When he turned 82, he called to tell me that he had met a friend for lunch at a local casino. Tom was sort of a bad boy preacher all his life. As he was leaving, he said he dropped a coin in a slot in what he called a penny machine and hit a jackpot worth $2.2 million, just like that. Tom's a great storyteller, and he had me laughing in no time. But at the end, he said he didn't need the money, and he would give most of it away. Of course, all things are relative, aren't they? There are a lot of folks in this town who make $2 million or more a year. Lots of others go hungry and homeless. Time passes along at the same rate for people at both ends of the spectrum and for everyone in between. And all of us are making choices within the range of our powers. But this question lingers. Do we know what time it is? My close friend, Forrest Church, had been the minister of All Souls Church at Lexington in 79 for 30 years. He arrived there at the age of 29. At the age of 58, he was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. He told me he wanted to make it to the age of 60 because both his father and grandfather died at the age of 59. He made it with a little time to spare, but not much. I was privileged to be present when he died. And I think Forrest had a pretty good handle on what time it was. I don't mean that especially as a matter of how many actual days he had, but as a function of being alert to the things that mattered most of all. And as a result, he died well, surrounded by love. He lived and learned a thing or two, had some failures and successes, and he died well. That is, he knew what time it was. I got to thinking about these things this week, given we're starting a new church year today. The old year has come to an end and we cycle into the season of expectancy for the new thing God has in store. The Advent proclamation could be summed up like this. The future belongs to God. Get ready. That's what each of our passages exclaim today in their own way, in their own words. 
How could swords be beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks unless the future belonged to God? Paul's proclamation depends on the same logic. We shall lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, living honorably as in the day. Why? Because the future belongs to God. That is the correct answer to the question, do you know what time it is? It's God's time. That's the message of Bethlehem's child in what we call the incarnation, God taking on frail flesh. God's time is at hand. Live the truth of it. However my next years unfold, I tell you what, First and foremost, I will try to remember that whatever days I have are pure, unadulterated gift. Today is a gift for each and every single one of us. Do you know it? Do you own it? Do you feel it? Pure gift! And the time zone in which we live and move and have our being is called eternity. That is, that's the truth of it. And there's a paradox here. Perceiving time in this manner makes my decisions simultaneously more important, but also less ridden with anxiety. Important because, because nothing less than the goals of eternity are at stake. Less anxious because no matter what, the future belongs to God. And that being the case, what on earth do I have to fear? Nothing. Our time zone, friends, is eternity. That completely reframes how we conceive of living the days of our lives if you were able to hold on to that. And you know, I think that's what I sensed looking into the Milky Way so many years ago. I couldn't have put it into words like this, of course, but I think I sensed eternity impinging on my life. That's what brought tears welling up in my eyes then. Now that may sound grandiose, I suppose, but then I'd say the exact same thing holds true for each one of us each one of us. In fact, any authentic spiritual experience involves the inbreaking of eternity on our perception of time. You know what time it is, how it is now the moment to wake from sleep, the night is far gone, the day is near. Put on the armor of light.